Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I'm your host, Aaron Osborne. Thanks for checking out the podcast, guys. Um, this week is an epic one. Episode 70. I've done 70 conversations with people. How insane. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you haven't listened to all of them, which I'm sure most people haven't, go back. Scan back through. I've done lots of um, interviews with lots of different people. Some from Australia, some from overseas, musicians, you know, artists, photographers, all sorts of people. Um, So... Thank you to everyone who's paid attention for so long. Um, If you like the podcast, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place. We have a website. Check it all out. Um, Again, as with last week, I'm stoked to be a part of the Earbuds Network now. They got lots of cool podcasts on there. Um, Just started. The other day, they drove around the city in a ute blasting the podcast which is pretty funny um there's a funny video on their facebook of it so go check that out that's earbuds network on facebook and their website's the same and twitter as well um yeah but this is episode 70 cannot believe it anyway today's an awesome episode um with andy who runs poison city records me and andy have been trying to tee this up since january which is quite funny we finally got a chance to do it so i went to the poison city Records shop and sat with him and talked to them for a while and it was really good i've had a lot of um bands from his label on the podcast and it was great to finally get him on uh, for a little chin wag so hear about how you know the label that's produced and put out records by such bands as uh, clowns and smith street band and Luca Brasi and lots more, um, you know, how that got started. And yeah, it was killer talking to Andy. And as I said, it's been a long time in the making, so it's fun to finally get it done. Um, but yeah, so that's the chinwag for this episode. Um, what else is going on? Mental Cavity, you're playing some shows. Check that out on the internet. Got a record coming out at some point. Um, I'm going to Samoa for a week. So that'll be dope, but that means there won't be a podcast next week. So when I get back, I'll figure that out. Um, And yeah, I'm not going to chinwag too much more because I'm about to do it for an hour. Please enjoy episode 70 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Andy Hayden from Poison City Records. Fucking brutal. doing the podcast it is my pleasure and i'm sorry it's taken us so long to make this happen it was a couple of months in the work <laughs> yeah. i think i emailed we started emailing about it in january i checked oh, today. yeah that i feel even worse now <laughs> it's totally I, fine. I thought it was maybe a couple of months ago it was but, like um, it was my fault too yeah. <laughs> every time we talked we either one couldn't do it no no it's just um the, just the weeks go past so quick and you they have do. you have your to-do list of absolute life essential crucial <laughs> stuff and then i have this other to-do list of like 
things I really want to do, but yeah. I just have to try and find the balance. Yeah, try and find time to fit those extra yeah. things in. Well, we're here now. We are. We Thank are. you for having me in the shop too. No worries. It was like, yeah, you did suggest a pub. Yes. That would have been good, but yeah, hey, the shop's nice and quiet. The shop is night. nice and quiet. Yeah. The last like four I've done have been at pubs and it, that's fine. I like yep. hanging out in pubs. However, like I think the last one, there was definitely the entire, almost the entire time there was a fire <laughs> and you could just hear like constant crackling, crackling in the background, which I don't know, maybe some yeah. people... Like oh, that, that ambient charming. noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're recording on tape. Or yeah, something. yeah. But I remember when I was listening back to it, mixing it, I was like, "This is fucking so annoying." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in just the background. Constant. Well, actually, the only thing I thought of here is the um, the tram rumble. Oh, so okay. occasionally, I've like played some guitar or just done some songwriting or something yeah. in the shop here. And sometimes, if you just record something on your phone, you can hear this like constant, <laughs> like low, low rumble. It's very Melvin. Yeah, it is. You it know. is. You know what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, so how did you first get into music? What was the first thing that sparked you off? Um, well, I think uh, probably go back to um, probably right, right back into sifting through parents' records. Yep. Um, who knows what age that was, maybe nine or ten years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember... That Dad, and my mu- my parents are by no means, you know, cool music yeah. people. They're, you know, kind of country people and listen to a little bit of music. However, yeah. I did find that my dad, if he was putting records on, would put a lot of um, surf stuff on. Like he had like okay. Dick Dale stuff and a few like surf movie soundtracks. Right. And <laughs> I don't actually, I can't say that he was ever a legit surfer, but, um, you know. But he, he liked st- the vibe He liked it. the vibe, yeah. And yeah. He, did, he did have like a pretty good looking 70s afro for a while. <laughs> So it looked like, you know, he maybe had an old Sandman panel band. So, um, but yeah, so he had those sort of records. And I just remember, you know, at that age, you're not really conscious of what you're listening to. You're just like, oh, I like, you know, it's guitar something. It's like melodic. I like this now. Yeah, I like this now. And it's just in the back room. But then, you know, they also had all the the dorky stuff, like the Carpenters and all this sort of stuff, family music. So there was was definitely music going on in our house. And... um, for some reason, I came across... Mum had some another box of records, all same thing, quite boring, but she had an Alice Cooper record in there. Oh, wow. Which did not fit with her <laughs> personality. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, lived in Melbourne with the... You know, used to do like a nursing course in Melbourne when I was younger, and I don't know whose record that is. It just appeared in my thing. <laughs> um, so I remember putting that... Distinctly remember putting that on, like, because the cover was like, you know, Alice Cooper in a top hat with like spiders and yeah, yeah, scary. You know, a few, few gnarly song titles. Yeah, sure. Like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I remember putting that on and being like, "What the hell is this?" Um, can't say I liked it or didn't like it or whatever, yeah. but that was the first probably taste of loud, something a bit more some, alternative. Yeah, yeah, sure. totally. Um, and then it was probably a couple of years later when I was maybe just going into high school. Um, my mum's best friend who was a teacher at our school um she had um a son that was probably about three years older than me he's maybe in year nine or ten mm-hmm. and the town i grew up in had maybe um well the, the bigger town which was close by was called portland mm-hmm. and we which is about ten thousand people and we lived just outside that in a smaller country town yeah um and he was categorically the only <laughs> remotely metalhead sure. he was a flat out metalhead you know yeah. slayer back patch huge and i was just and 
you know, you could just tell he, he never said a word and yeah. he could not probably get any more cliched <laughs> small town metalhead yeah, yeah. dude. That just one total, guy. you know, I don't even know if he was a stoner, but he, you know, never said a word, just <laughs> massive long hair. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I just thought he was so, you know, I was into playing basketball and surfing and sort of outdoor stuff, but I was just obsessed with like, oh, that dude just looks so gnarly. And <laughs> I knew he was like the son of my mum's my friend. And so we started going over there and he had a shed out the back. As you do when you're a country metal bike. Absolutely. And I I was just, you know, my eyes just lit up and um and then yeah, so then he's like, Oh, you can go out and have a look and went out the back and he just had like wall to wall every hot metal pull out poster you could ever imagine. Full massive old stereo, heaps of records. Um and it was like, yeah, total metal den. Yeah. And I just yeah, I was just obsessed. And then I'd sort sort of see him every now and again at, at school when I started going to the same high school, but he was like, you know, total loner kind of guy. Yeah, right. And then at some point he gave my his mum a mixtape to give to my mum. Yeah. And it was on one side was, it had a bit of a mix of like Ride the Lightning, um, a couple of Metallica albums mixed up. On the other side, I had a Black Flag song. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the tape, I think was NWA. So oh wow! It was like wild, dude. It was like the, I don't know how that maybe taped over an old. I don't know how that. I found NWA. Yeah, and I'm just going to put some metal stuff on yeah. there. So yeah, it was like right early Metallica stuff, and Black Flag song on the other side, and that I just listened to that tape like that. You know, from probably 12 to 14, that yeah. was like that was my thing. That's it. And um, that yeah, and then you know from that you discover stuff, and then I got to. Um, and a slightly older friend of mine took me to see Metallica when I was like four in year eight. Wow. And it was just... Where was that at? I just, um, I think at the Tennis Centre or Entertainment Centre or whatever yeah. that was called at that point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just started ordering in. We had a tiny news agent there that I knew someone that worked at the news agent. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, can you get this thing called Hot Metal in? And I'll yeah. subscribe to it and started <laughs> reading that. And I think from there, it's maybe in... I guess maybe towards year nine, I was um, starting to see pictures of like a lot of the Melbourne stuff, like even the meanies and stuff mm-hmm. started popping up in the early days. So you're like, oh, what's, you know, I was loved Mel- loved Slayer and yeah, all yeah. that, you know, late 80s, early 90s metal stuff. But then, um, yeah, just started seeing this other stuff and then I guess started investigating more and yeah. reading more about, oh, there's other stuff in Melbourne and, you know, not not just thinking that all the big bands are from overseas you sort of start yeah, tweeting yeah. that oh hang on a lot of this stuff there's a hard-ons and the meanies and yeah tumbleweed and all these bands started popping up that i really dug because they weren't just flat out metal there was yeah. something else going on more more you know i suppose that was more the punk rock discovery kind yeah of thing. and was that like i guess that that's like a, a common thing i suppose because a lot of people when a lot of people get into stuff at the start like although some things may seem like more extreme or whatever, but I think the the entryway point is always like the most like flashy and the most absolutely loud. Yep. And, yeah, and, and then and it used to piss my parents off. Oh you yeah, know? So absolutely. You'd, you'd turn it up louder, and it was like you know, then someone would smuggle you out of Cannibal Corpse. Take, like, oh, I feel like Metallica. Check this, check this cover out. And you know, you had had a couple of Cannibal Corpse <laughs> tapes, and yeah, you, you want the most extreme because it's the most offensive. And yeah. It's, and uh, and then you realise, like, yeah, then your tastes sort of, you know, sway into other things. Yeah, and- yeah. I, I think the thing, too, is, like, I remember 
like when I was a kid, liking a lot of the music my parents liked, because I think like yourself, like I just heard it a lot and I liked it. And then I started getting into stuff that my parents hated. And then I love that because they hated it. And then as I started getting like out of school, I was like, oh, all these things that I used to listen to when I was a kid were awesome. Yep. They're like uh, my parents loved. And absolutely. then now I'm at that point in my life where I like have this weird mix of like, you know, still love Cold Chisel, yep. but you know, still love Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, so, it's just like, still, still to... ingrained in, in, <laughs> in, the, in that part of your mind somewhere. Yeah, it was funny. Um, my parents were over at our house recently and um, yeah, we always play, you know, mellower stuff in the morning and it's always music going in our house and yeah. a Neil Young record going and dad's like, I can't believe you're listening to Neil Young. You know, we used to listen to that when we were driving on car trips. And yeah. It's like, I don't ever remember you listening to Neil Young and anyway, he, <laughs> he swears he did. I think it was more like John Williamson or something. <laughs> but anyway, he was like, oh, it's so great that you listen to all this music. Yeah. And he's like, is this the kind of music you release on the label? And Oh, kind of, you know, <laughs> something still, like it. Yeah, there's still a yeah, there's still a, a long understanding of of what what sort of stuff we actually do. Yeah. So when did you start playing music? Um, I think I had um had the old school guitar lessons. Mm-hmm. I think true. Uh, probably yeah, like year seven, year eight, and I had um another old like slightly older friend that um played guitar as well. And he, even though it was like purely a guitar class, it was like six or seven people. It was quite, yeah. quite a small high school that did it. He was into, you know, he was feeding me music that he'd got, bring back from Melbourne. I think his sister lived in Melbourne or something. Um, so he'd be, you know, loading me up with all the, the good early 90s sort of Australian stuff. And um, then at some point he just said, oh, you know, if we ever do a band together, you're not going to be able to, we can't both play guitar. <laughs> So he's like, you should, you should buy a bass. Yeah. So, um, uh, and he, you know, probably said, oh, it's heaps easier than guitar too, so, <laughs> which I would have been into. So, yeah. um, yeah, at some point I like summer holiday job, bought a bass and I think I went back and did like another six months of just your standard high school, you know, 12 bar blues. Yeah, and sure. So I sort of learned a bit of guitar and a bit of bass, but then I, yeah, it was that thought of like, oh, okay, well, if I do, if I play bass, it's probably less bass players so might be able to get a band going or yeah, something. Yeah. so um i did that and then yeah probably through that part uh, actually i changed schools in about year nine i think eight no year nine yeah i changed schools and um went to a different school and um they had a pretty decent music program like actually the the music teacher was kind of cool yeah um as in she would you know like on weekends she would definitely um be fine with us um smoking yeah certain sick certain stuff uh, <laughs> a real yeah real uh awesome music teacher we, we i mean we had a similar thing though i think that's the thing when you have people like that despite being silly like it really can rejuvenate you like i think in in year nine and ten i had an english teacher who wasn't even a music teacher but he was like i would i've later gone out to find out like he played lots of bands in canberra and yep. He's like come to a lot of shows. He's friends with a lot of people that I'm friends with. But yep. like, he was a teacher of mine in school, mm. and he was like on the days where you know he didn't need to be wearing a button-up shirt. He was wearing like Melvin shirts yep. and stuff, and it was like the sickest thing ever. And yeah. like, he'd talk to us about Morbid Angel yep. and things like that, and it was super cool. Yeah. But he would like, 
let us jam he had like he'd set up like a music room with the music department so that people could play at lunchtime and stuff like that so we would go there and do that and then so he was great in high school and then when i was doing year 11 and 12 i had like i did jazz in school which was great for playing learning how to play music but like the jazz teacher as well was like if you play jazz during class that's fine then at lunchtime you can play whatever you want and it was like and same thing it was like in the afternoons as long as you do everything in class that i ask you to do yep at three o'clock, you can stay here for as long as you want That's to play. It. And it was like, that was the same thing. It was just like, all right, we'll play jazz for the hour that we need to keep him happy. <laughs> and then we'll come back and yep. just, you know. Whip out the Metallica t-shirt <laughs> at lunchtime. Yeah, exactly. But like having those people was like, you know, I was like, like I learned a lot of stuff about things from doing that. Yeah, totally. Know? Like, like having the, those people there. Yeah, like the teacher that we, we ended up having, there was like three or four of us that were, clearly in already you know finding out about alternative music and um yeah just to have someone that's although they're a teacher just be really encouraging of of that kind of passion like we were obsessed with you know reading the magazines and you know talking when especially when um all the bigger australian stuff hit and then obviously like you know at some point the nirvana thing and yeah and she was totally as interested as we were and yeah that's awesome makes a big difference when you got someone supportive and even though it was quite like a straight ahead school it wasn't an alternative high school or anything yeah. but they just had this really good music department yeah we used to great. play at lunchtime and um you know all the football kids had walked past and they had a big had a big like open window thing mm-hmm. where you played and of yeah. course you know being a high school in that day and age or <laughs> probably still the same now you know all the kids walking past and their footy jumps go oh what are these dickheads doing like, sound <laughs> shit yep you know? yep i would so, say that's you know, probably not changed at no all. <laughs> no that's right so there and there it lies yeah the, um, the typical high school gangs but, yeah um no so it was fun was that like your first foray into like playing like with people and stuff like that in yeah, school? yeah yeah pro- probably from like um yeah probably from year nine when i changed schools and like yeah. came across a couple of sort of people that knew the same sort of bands and you know yeah. we were just basically like oh let's try and do a band like this band and then two weeks later you're like let's try and do a band like this yeah, band yeah. and you know <laughs> that that pretty much continued on through high school and yeah um and then yeah we did like um portland actually had you know this is probably later on when we were like you know year 10 year 11 they had like an annual music festival mm-hmm. and the council actually for a small coastal town they actually injected quite a bit of money yeah that's great into this festival and they'd always bring down five or six bands from melbourne so i remember i think like really early on days of body jar they would come oh, down wow. and frenzel and those sort of bands which yeah. probably you know knowing how things work a little more these yeah. days they probably <laughs> got paid a heap of money and yeah, yeah. went down to play for a hundred snotty kids in portland and <laughs> but um it was fun and then they put like a couple of local bands on so we always got to yeah, that's got great. to open up those shows. No, there's a local record store slash Retrovision or one of those, you know. And they, <laughs> used, they yeah, they used to let us play out the front. And yeah, so it was yeah. For, in hindsight, like for such a small kind of whereabouts typical is country, Portland? Um, down towards if you drive from here, like towards the South Australian okay. border. Yeah, down not far from Mount Gambier or right, but Port on the Ferry coast. on the coast. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. yeah. So yeah, we grew up kind of kind of beach after school and yeah sort of surfing and skating and that kind of coastal activity so how did and you end up here um when i finished high school like i moved pretty much straight to geelong okay um and yeah I was sort of in geelong from like mid 90s through to 
you know, did about five years in Geelong through yeah. to two thousand ish, and then moved then moved to Melbourne. I did like a couple of years of a uni course and just kind of crashed out of that. I wasn't. Yeah. It, it was. <laughs> wasn't it was into the, it? No, it was just the case of like, oh, you got to go to uni. Yep, cool. If that means I can move out of home. Yeah, off I did go. it. Yeah, and then um, started helping a friend of mine that was doing like skateboard importing and yep. um, a few other things and was kind of just shit kicking job mm. in that line of work though that I was really interested in yeah you know skateboarding stuff and whatever and it was pretty big scene back yeah back then um you know there was jobs even just packing boxes and doing whatever so I did that for a couple of years and kind of pretended to go to uni but yeah in the <laughs> didn't end just, really take yeah, anything just, in. in the end I was like look let's be honest I'm not really <laughs> You know, I'm having I'm, way more fun packing boxes. Yeah, totally, and, and listening to music and, yeah. and going to the beach and whatever. In because um, yeah, where they had their setup was down towards Torquay, so mm-hmm. just if it was warm. So did that beach. stuff do working? Because I know, like, I think that I've spoken to a lot of people about. I think Graham in particular brought it up was that like skateboarding was a huge thing about music for him. Mm. Like, and a lot of people that I've spoken to on this, like Callum as well. Like yep. skateboarding was. The, a big factor in what got in music was that the same for you yeah yeah definitely. like did it come i mean maybe it came afterwards but uh, I, I feel like i was way more into music when i was like early on like i think sure. i was lucky that i had you know for once again for living in such small kind of remote areas i had these couple of people like feeding that just knew about music yeah and yeah so i feel like I got into a lot of a lot of sort of you know tasteful good good kind of sure. stuff early on yeah um but then yeah we used to skate like from sort of year eight we were skating at the high school yeah after school and um you know then a lot of um you know a lot of those early like pal Prattle bones brigade mm-hmm. movies like they would have you know black flag or sonic youth or a lot of the sst bands would yeah, be yeah. on those things and at the time you sort of watch it and go oh cool it's just you know, flat out skating and you're watching skating, it's loud music and not yeah. really sifting through as to who you're listening to. Sure. But then, yeah, I remember, yeah, being more like 15, 16 and getting a bit more into skating and really like piecing it together and going like, oh, that, yeah, Sonic Youth, that's, you know, yeah. that's that song and Black Flag and, you know, you, you hear those things What's... for the first time and it's because you're sort of focused on the skateboarding, but luckily... They, they would introduce you to all these yeah, bands. Yeah. And same with the surf movie. You know, we used to watch surf movies, uh, surf movies and um, they would have, I think the first time I ever heard um, Front End Loader and Scream Feeder and those sort of bands, mm. like, you know, seemingly obscure bands when you're living in the bottom end of Victoria. Yeah, Back yeah. then, though, they're tiny bands, but they're on some surf movie and yeah. you're just like, okay, they're from Brisbane and they're from Sydney and, yeah. you know, you just... You, sort of the, and, your world just like expands yeah, yeah. day by day. A couple of years ago, I just got asked if um, like, a, like a BMX shop in Canberra make videos and stuff. And they asked us if they could use one of our songs and the thing. And I was like, I just remember talking to the guys about it and being like, this is like, a, this is like a cool achievement for us. Yeah, that, like, you know, I don't know if anything's come of it, but like yeah. still, I've seen it. It's great. Yeah. Like Sam from Exist Brother adds BMX and it's like, while his brother's riding around and stuff, and it's like this is amazing. It's like, awesome, <laughs> and and I guess you can you can think back to when you saw stuff yeah, like yeah. that, whether it's like on any sort of you know, it's on sort of extreme sports, blah blah, yeah. or whatever you're watching. And yeah, you're yeah. Like, I just I just remember thinking like when we got asked to do it, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I, by that point, like 
records had come out and we'd done cool yeah, tours yeah. and I just remember thinking, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, but, you know, that could turn on a couple of kids yeah. that weren't well, into probably, that sort it, of music It probably did. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. And, like, it's... I think that's the other thing, too, is with stuff like that and with, like, the different aspects of alternative culture, like skateboarding and that those things that they don't... I think if you were to, like, try and label something like alternative culture or whatever, you think you probably think straight away music or you think tattoos or things like yeah. that. But then there's all these other things that come into it and filter it and are part of it. And yeah, and you can kind of choose, like, yeah, I'm into that thing, but not that aspect of yeah, it. Some yeah. things, like, to- I, I just think, yeah, there's, there's some sort of harmony between especially early skateboarding like that 80s kind of mm. skateboarding because that's when you know like the the serious kind of punk rock and yeah. more aggressive kind of punk rock hardcore stuff started happening and it mirrored up really well and i think skateboarding especially like later 90s you know the soundtracks were sort of dominated by hip-hop stuff yeah um but to me yeah that that early just kind of reckless abandon with the sort of yeah. scratchy punk rock soundtrack <laughs> that that something about that just yeah, I'd no other, no other reason to kind of be turned onto that, but it just something in my mind was like, oh, that is, that, that's it, yeah, that. that's perfect, yeah. yeah, it just goes hand in hand. So working in that environment, uh, in like skateboarding shops and things like that, was that did that sort of what I mean, like we're sitting right under these skateboards <laughs> right now, but like did did that sort of start brewing your interest in doing what you inevitably have ended up doing? Do you think or? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think. I, I kind of got lucky in that, I, yeah, I did work like part-time in skate shops and, yeah. um, you know, uh, but I think having, and then I also helped out this other guy that um, I was doing some work for, he was sort of, he's a pretty driven guy and like a bit of an entrepreneur, you know, try sure. a bit of this and try a bit of that. And like, yeah, he's yeah. just like really driven kind of to have a go at it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of that rubbed off and yeah, I'd, don't really remember the conscious thing of going hang on i could do this myself yeah but it just sort of over maybe over a couple of years you start looking at how other people were doing it or um you sort of get to see a little bit more the you know you meet people in that sort of line of work and see how they started and you sort of get inspired by that Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i just remember at some point sort of getting it enough in my mind that like oh maybe it's possible to to have a go at it myself yeah even even just like releasing some music like doing a little record label that appealed to me yeah but only in terms of you know might put out two or three things and just for fun and that'll, yeah. that'll be that and then go and get an adult job and <laughs> you know grow up and here but, we are and here we are <laughs> yeah still not an adult yeah yeah so how, how did that how did that all start for you then what was it was that the impetus just to try and do something that yeah i, I think uh it was like i just moved to melbourne mm-hmm no, I'd, yeah, I'd been in Melbourne maybe like a couple of years and um, I was doing two bands at the time. I was yep. doing um, like a Death in the Family had started playing mm-hmm. and I was um, playing in a sort of like thrashy punk kind of band called Fast Times as well. Yeah. And both bands um, were just starting to record stuff and um, sort of, to, I knew Graham fairly well yep. and I was sort of like, oh, I could send this stuff to Graham, might be interested, might not. And then, you know, I knew Nigel from Trial and Error and you just sort of see what they're doing and yeah. instead of maybe sending it there, it's like, oh, why don't I just, you know, I'm playing in these bands, so yeah. why don't I just put it out and then whatever happens, there's no 
you know, it's, you know, it's like the first year of a band. Yeah, There's yeah. no illusion of doing anything really. No, You're no. just like, oh, it'd be you cool if some- stuff. Be cool if someone else heard this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or maybe it means we can get some more gigs or yeah. whatever. So yeah, literally just put those things out. Came up with the name. I just did the old two two lines of words. <laughs> Poison yeah. was there. City was there. <laughs> they got mirrored up, matched up. Good one. And um, and then yeah, a friend of mine. Um, from Germany who's like does a lot of graphic stuff for skateboards yeah um, in Germany he it was I think I came up with the idea and and then I um, I also yeah also as part of that I did like a little compilation mm-hmm. like Poison the World where yeah. I just like basically reached out to all the friends bands that you know Death and the Family were sort of starting to tour a bit more mm-hmm. just basically hit up you know 15 or 20 bands and um see if they wanted to give me a track for a compilation yeah and he did some artwork for that and then it was um christmas i think it was like christmas day on about 2002 or 2003 maybe um paul my friend from germany is just like oh i got your christmas present i made your logo for your label oh cool so when you know you look at it and you're like oh it looks kind of because at that time i still was not serious about it all it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's just fun and I'll keep the CDs at my house instead yeah, yeah. of, you know, so, so I'll, I'm, I guess I'm doing the label. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he sent me the logo and then you're just like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, you start thinking of like, Oh, well, sub pop, they've got a logo and now I've got a logo. And like, you think you're you know, halfway there, yeah, yeah, you're like, <laughs> you, you know, your mind starts, right. Oh, I could ask some other bands to, you know, just total, you know, fantasy yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and it was like that for a few years, but just kept, you know, um, do a show with like say lungs from sydney and um they're like we've got this ep and no one really wants to put it out in sydney so it's like all right well i've got this little thing i can i can get them pressed yeah um super casual and um you know like alaska from newcastle and then it was pretty much often it'd just be like a a death and family go away on tour and we'd um play with a handful of bands that i hadn't met before or maybe Mm -hmm. only heard one or two songs and then just kept the conversation going and like, yeah. well, I've got this thing. If you, if you ever record anything, I love your band and I'd love yeah. to put it out. So oh, cool. just really, yeah, no, no illusions of doing anything with it. It was just like, you know, we had the space in our house in Thornbury yeah. and um, didn't even really have, just did it all on the kitchen table really. It wasn't yeah. even, <laughs> I'd like to say I had an office or something, but it was really just like packing just a work. few CDs <laughs> yeah, while yeah. I was eating breakfast and then <laughs> go off, go off and do um, kind of normal normal stuff i was doing like some sales stuff for um one of the big surf brands they bought up a heap of um skateboard brands mm-hmm. and they said need someone to look after the skateboarding yeah. side of things so i was sort of doing that for about a year and i, I really hated it that's when yeah. I, i'd sort of felt like that whole industry had just become pretty gross and yeah um i was that's when i started i guess getting hungry to like just see if there was yourself. yeah see if there was more and i knew just doing a little label and um putting out cd releases that wasn't really going to be sustainable yeah so i get then i guess my thought process was maybe you know go and get a bar job or you know knew the guys from the art house pretty well so like yeah. i could do a couple of nights there and and then um so i did i did do i didn't didn't end up doing the full bar work thing but i did a few other little things just to keep it rolling yeah with the thought of like I really need somewhat like a shop or something else. Yeah, to fund to, the to other side. Of, yeah, of it or to whatever. kind of make it make it relevant, make it a an actual real thing. Yeah, um, and so when when was like how did the 
like, I mean, I think probably anyone who's interested in music and like putting things out and stuff has probably thought at some point in their life, like, I'd love to open a record. Stuff, yeah, you absolutely. Know? Like, right. what what was the push for you then that this was the way that you were going to be able to do that? Um, well, I think it was about, it was probably uh, about 2006, I think, yeah. late 2006. Um, I, I got serious about it and I was like, oh, I wonder if I could, you know, loan some small amount of money and and actually do it i started doing the you know doing the fantasy sums of like okay well if we can make this much per day with a shop and then do this maybe it's gonna work uh and then i actually came down brunswick street one day and this this shop here was felice and i was like oh that would be the that would be the perfect size you know didn't want anything too big but need to have an office out the back and i talked to the real estate and then i was just like oh that yeah, that's expensive. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that really <laughs> yeah, adds yeah. up. Um, and then, but I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And mm. I was just, you know, becoming like really, no, nah, I have to do it. It's just <laughs> like, it wouldn't leave my mind that, yeah, I think I can have yeah. a go at it. Um, and then my dad got really sick um, for almost 12 months. He was like wow. really sort of touch and go. Yeah. Had um, like really serious um, so like brain tumor and a bunch of follow-up operations and things went bad and yeah you know, um so pretty heavy kind of 12 months and i just like just forgot about the whole idea and just yeah. like i'll just leave it alone for um for a while and at some point uh, yeah i mean during during that process he was like he he um had his own business and worked for himself and some point through there he was just like obviously knew about the idea to open the shop yeah and he's just like whatever happens you've, you've got to do it yeah and um and really just you know those sort of moments where you're like all right he you know and he doesn't understand <laughs> this kind of world of things but he could just see how how driven i was to yeah. try, to at least try it and he's like you got nothing to lose you know like yeah you know, and when you get in those sort of heavy situations you you kind of start thinking about the bigger picture and like, yeah, yeah. you know, you've got to have well, a go at these things. You can't just go like, oh, no, I better go get a normal job. Yeah. You know? Well, and the other thing too is like things like that, as much as they, you know, really fuck with you and they really like can, you know, muck you around at the same time, a lot of times they, those are the things that give you clarity as well. Because yeah, you can sort of so- see like, oh shit, like this is what can happen yeah. to someone out of nothing yep. you know yeah, and that's exactly right so what's the point yep. in doing something you don't want to yeah, do yeah that's right yeah. and I, I think I um, you know and he, he started recovering and I um, I think I just put in a call to the real estate guy down here I was like oh, I remember there was that tiny little shop I think it mm. used to be like an old gothic shop or something yeah, wow. <laughs> um, I was like I don't suppose that's still Felice and it was probably it was probably maybe 10 months after I first looked at it and they're mm-hmm. like oh no actually it is still sitting there and yeah, it's wow. been sitting there for ages make us an offer yeah. So I just um, made an made an offer for to take the place for like five years and um, yeah. So I guess it that that's when it became and he came back and it's like, yep, we accept that. That's fine. Yeah. Wow. And then it was like, yeah, I think that then there was it was sort of over a Christmas period and we were, and um, my partner who's from Germany originally, mm-hmm. she just got a uh, visa to move over here permanently. Yeah. So we were sitting there going, all right what you know how's this going to work are we both going to work in the shop or yeah we're both going to have to get jobs as well as the shop and the label and um yeah just it 
feels like not that long ago, but really it is. It's like ten years since we've had the shop. So, yeah, wow. Um, yeah, the first first year, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. <laughs> we were just like sort of renovating as we were going, and yeah. just sort of have the door open. Then some days you just close the door and just be like, "Oh no, we've got to put up a shelf, so we're closed today." And then <laughs> so it was. We were like a great like, operating uh, model. It was, it was yeah. The first couple of years, we were just making shit up as we went, yeah. and that's. And that's fine. And I think in, in the back of my mind, I always had the thought of like, because I'm giving this a go and seeing how it goes, I've, if if in like two or three years, it's just not making sense. Yeah. Um, then I'm happy just to, I'll just leave it. That That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I think going into it like that is is perhaps good. Just like keeping, keeping your head about it. Mm. Not assuming like, oh, this year wasn't that good. Next year is going to be better. And next, you know, going into it, going... I'm really glad I'm giving it a go and I'm sort of putting it all on the line to yeah. give it a go. But if it doesn't work, I, I have to be happy to just go, well, that was a bit of a, yeah, you know, bit of a blip and let, let's move on. So, and I, I had that probably for the first five or six years, I was still like, eh, if, you know, much as I'm so passionate about it and mm. would hate to think that we didn't have, you know, didn't have the shop and the, the label, but I still had that thing of like, what we're doing is, um, you know, it's not normal that these things last. You know, often in, yeah, yeah. with a small independent business, it it really it's not often that it can last. Yeah. Um. So I just really, I'm just grateful for every. You know, as the years tick past and it's still going, and we're still finding different ways of doing things and yeah, learning as we go. You know, make mistakes, screw something up, do it, try and do it better next time, and <laughs> just you know goes yeah. on like that. So what, what do you think of the things that you've learnt? through doing this that have been like the most valuable to you like as like a fan of music i would say like has has running this shop been and running the label has it has that like kept that fire burning for you do you think that's it's sort of gone hand in hand or yeah i i think so i I, occasionally i do get worried about being so immersed in music yeah um that you become jaded you become sort of like oh nothing excites me anymore i listen to music all day every day yeah um but i really don't get that i'm still like stoked on music i'm still finding you know whether it's new stuff we get sent or you know one of our bands does a new record and i'm sort of waiting to get the master to hear the final thing or yeah like i genuinely still get excited and i think if that excitement and sort of fire as you said wasn't there Mm. i think you'd sort of be in the wrong line of line of work yeah but um and i like that unpredictability of like you know things evolve and things change you know um i you sort of get nostalgic about oh five years ago we were doing this and 10 years ago we were doing this and Mm. um but yeah i like that things move and change and you know sort of ebbs and flows and um, you work with different people you meet different you know different networks of people and it's um it's just it's almost something every other week which you know for a lot of a lot of my friends of this same age where they're working in jobs yeah it's all very predictable and it's you know i just hear their sort of feedback and mm. i you, you do have to check yourself every now and again that like i'm really lucky yeah, yeah to be to be doing this and i guess doing it in melbourne where you've got that that kind of support or under like people get it yeah, and they, yeah they walk into the shop even if they haven't been in here before or whatever and they're like oh yeah i get, I get what you're doing here and yeah you know this the records in here it's all looks hand-picked and it's 
um, that still, you know, gives me a real buzz that when, yeah. when people really appreciate what you're doing and, and understand it. Um, because yeah, it's, you know, it, it does worry me that you get so saturated at, amongst music, talking about music, doing music all the time, yeah, that it yeah. just becomes like, you know, boring, but you do have to check yourself and say, yeah. no, th- this is, ve- I'm in a very lucky position to be doing this, you know, I think as a long-term thing. Yeah, that's the thing too. I mean, I think the thing for me is like, I feel like I spend, I pretty much spend like every waking second outside of what I do during the day doing music stuff, yep. effectively. Like, I mean, outside from trying to devote as much time as I can to like spending time with my girlfriend and yep. the, having a dog <laughs> yeah. and like seeing my family and some of that. Yep. But then, you know, outside of that, like every waking second that I'm not doing something for work, yep. it's like, I'm either doing this or yep. I'm trying to play in bands or I'm trying to put things out or yeah. like yep. trying to do, you know, like, and like, I, th- I think the thing for me on the other side of that is like, if you like, I have that other stuff basically there to just fuel whatever creative idea I have yep. at that second. Mm-hmm. And then the last, I don't know, whatever, 10 years, 15 years, it's just been like, I don't, I don't see that ending anytime soon. No. And I feel like if it was going to end, probably would have by now. Yeah. Like I probably would have packed it in already. And, and I'm got, sure you've got friends, you know, like yeah. as you get to our age, you, you, um, you do have friends that are, got quite a few friends that just like i just don't get a buzz out whether they play music or they yeah. had some involvement used to put on shows or they're just like i sort of just done with it i'm not yeah i'm not getting a buzz out of it yeah. um or they're restrict feel restricted by family or you know yeah other other commitments but um i mean i still i still play music still playing a band yeah and that to me even that i'm sort of able to separate in my mind it's it's not like I'm standing there in a rehearsal room going, oh, I've just been like dealing with music and bands yeah, yeah. all day. This is just another thing like that. I still get a real buzz out of that creative outlet. Yeah. Um, and same thing. If I didn't, I wouldn't even bother. Yeah, yeah. Doing playing in a band, but I, I, I think I just need that. You know, like, um, I don't need to go on tour or things anymore. Like I, you know, as much as I, I would still love. Yeah, yeah. To have that that sort of um a little more serious touring thing i always love going away especially mm. overseas touring it's such an adventure yeah for sure um but i'm quite happy just having having a play with some friends and you know yeah. if we play a gig at the old bar or the tote once every few months yeah. i'm i'm happy with that because yeah, I, sure. I see it it's much more of a hobby these days yeah yeah um but that that aspect of it still gives me a buzz and yeah yeah so I guess I mean the other thing that which has worked out just by coincidence because it took us a while to get this done, <laughs> yeah. but so the festival's coming up soon, mm-hmm. the weekender, and as we were just saying before we we're recording that like that's been going for quite a few years now and has grown quite considerably since the start of it. Um, how has that been having something that's sort of attached to the label and the shop that has like the festival of itself has developed its own following like yeah you know it's sort of like you know the label has its following and the bands that are on that label have you know their following as well but i feel like something really specific to poison city has been that you know the weekend event yeah it's a big part of it you know yeah well that that was another thing that was really not um you know it wasn't planned to be this event that you know has to happen every year to yeah you know, kind of fulfill any sort of need. It was really just the first one happened. Um, and it really, you know, the only idea behind it was to like, let's just sort of focus up all the, 
all the bands that we deal with through that year yeah. and not just label, you know, I never wanted it to be a label showcase or anything, you know, sort of like that. Um, as much more like, you know, we work with a whole bunch of other bands. We've got a whole bunch of friends that play in other bands that all sort of intertwine through the year. Um, let's just focus that up for one weekend in Melbourne and, you know, try and use the venues that we already have the good relationships with. Yeah. And yeah. And I guess, you know, it happens one year and you sort of have fun with it and, you know, people seem excited by it and you get people traveling from interstate and yeah, all sorts. And that sort of blows me away. And then, you know, you do it the next year and it's, I've really been fine if there, if there's been a year where it hasn't felt like it hasn't come together sort of organically and, and, and with, you know, seemingly like, oh yeah, that fits there. And this band's, you know, <clears throat> been touring this year and like just the comp, you know, there's always tricky parts to putting it together, but yeah, yeah. Um, it seems to be, you know, hasn't become such a headache where I've just felt like going, nah, like, let's leave it for you. <laughs> but, but I'm also, you know, I've got, I've got no problems if, if a year comes up where we just haven't got the lineup or it just doesn't feel like there's a demand for it. We, we just would skip it for a few years, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm stoked that we haven't had to do that yeah. and people <laughs> keep coming back and people have a good time. And, um, we seem to have the bands like that. I guess the, one of the trickiest things is keeping it fresh enough that mm-hmm. people are still excited about it. Yeah. Um, and you're always going to get that, you know, people, people whinge about everything these days, of but course. you're always going to get that element of, um, you know, Oh, I saw that band there last year. Why haven't you got this or a band that's played a few years in a row? How come they're not playing this year? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, people expect certain bands and I, whether it's the label or the, the weekend fest thing, I don't want it to be too predictable. Like we yeah. definitely try it. This year we've probably got the most sort of gone back to the most like local Melbourne kind of stuff in the, in the mix. Um, yep. Just bands that we, you know, maybe they're newer bands or bands that we have only just met. Um, but just to keep it exciting. And, and yeah. I hope that people come with an open mind enough that, you know, maybe they came to see the headliner, but they walk away seeing five bands that they yeah. would never, they'd never pay 10 bucks to go down to the old bar on a Thursday night and see. Yeah. But they've seen them and, you know, hopefully they kind of trust that the bands we've picked are the bands that people are going to be excited by yeah and they suit and the environment they suit, that's yeah that's of. right and and really want to keep it diverse and keep it um yeah i'm happy to keep people guessing i don't want it to be like the same you know yeah three bands every year or the same you know and it is very tricky because yeah as an event and i'm sure you know there's gone a fest in the states and the fest like mm. the no idea one and it's all these you know similar little models that i guess we looked at when we were putting it together initially mm. Um, and they have, you know, I talk to those guys and they have the same thing yeah. all the time. It's just like, how do you keep, you know, you want to keep it, people, you know, have the, the element of nostalgia because last year was good or, yeah, yeah. but you want to keep it exciting, like yeah. and have new bands. So it's and a real I mean, balancing act. I mean, the other thing too is like, I think something that I, I know I've been, you know, uh, uh, like guilty of this as well is like when you have that experience, you just want it to be the same every time. Yeah. But I think the thing is like, you need to, sometimes you need to trust that like as much as you're a fan or you're, you enjoyed that thing, you enjoyed it because someone put in the work to get it done. Yeah. So you kind of need to trust that like, you know, maybe they know what they're doing <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. maybe sometimes they don't know what they're doing though. Yeah. That, and you I mean, also need to allow for that. Yeah. You know? and, and, like, and I'm totally, for, you know, if people come, you know, people are always quick to say what they think these days as well. But, you know, it's 
like they might come and go, why is that band playing? Or what? I didn't like that. It's yeah. like, well, it's, you know, it's not, we didn't put on, you know, 35 <laughs> bands that you're going to like. Yeah. We're, we're trying to put on a mix of things that, yeah. you know, a number op- open of people. Pe- yeah. And, and open people up and um, give some younger bands an opportunity and, um, but still, with the idea that it's it's hand picked, you know, we put a lot of thought into it, and it's hand picked yeah. to be, you know, interesting. Hopefully, you know, that's that's that, plan. Yeah, that's right. Makes people excited, and you don't have to like everything, but you know, um, come you know, with watch. an open mind. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's that. That would be my. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm often thinking about when we're putting it together. Yeah. So what's like. I mean, obviously, the festival, but what, is there anything, you know, coming up that you're excited about, things that you're doing that, you know, anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, well, I guess, uh, what have we got coming up? Um, later part of the year, we haven't got that many releases on. We seem to, the last couple of years, we seem to have ended up with kind of a heavy amount of releases more towards the start and the middle of the year. Sure. Which I guess in, you know, I never follow any of the, the normal trying to follow any of the normal <laughs> industry rules but yeah, yeah. i guess that that is a better scenario but then later in the year kind of frees us up to do some little event things that's mm-hmm. that's what i want to do more of um last year we did or the last couple of years we've done like a boat cruise yep. thing um with a bunch of bands uh been sending quite a few bands out to like regional areas like ballarat and castle main and yeah, cool um so we're, we're thinking about you know maybe some little event not full-scale weekender stuff but yeah you know, just little events to go to those regional areas because cool. that, once again, things like that keep me excited about yeah, yeah. music. I mean, you know, it's great that we've had bands that we've been able to book at the corner or, you know, it's so exciting that these yeah, bands yeah. have got to that stage and that's exciting. But for me, it's also exciting to then take some of those bands or some newer bands or younger bands out to um, those regional areas and maybe it's like, because I came from yeah, yeah. Th- those sort of areas, I just get stoked being able to, yeah, put put a put a lineup together that's kind of might, maybe a pretty Melbourne centric kind of lineup, and then you mm. put a local band from out that way, and it just seems to be a bit more of a, a scene out out that way now that we can go out and get fifty people to a show, yeah, um, but they're super appreciative, and you know they'll buy a record, and you know that that sort of stuff, yeah, that's cool, just sort of regenerates my. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thinking, and well, not not that it gets boring, like having bands selling out at the corner yeah. or like that. That's totally a mate for the t- sort of bands that we work with at the start. And if they end up doing that, that blows my mind. Mm. Um, but yeah, little things, just kind of taking it more back to grassroots. Yeah, cool. Kind of thing is is something that you know I'm pretty passionate about. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you for talking to me. My pleasure. Sorry it took so long. No, it was fine. (laughs) It was well worth the wait. Awesome. Thanks, dude. No worries, mate.